Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill, like John Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Dave DeBabna, and we are broadcasting live from South Florida, along with a room full of guests today, a plethora of people joining in. Uh, I don't know where Paul is, somewhere in probably Disneyland's basement. Um, Where are you now? I'm on Long Island. Long Island. Just for the weekend. Paul is sitting in the corner. He's been put in the corner. Literally. He's been put in the corner in Long Island. Um, <laughs> and, and brought and Coop. Coop is at the world-renowned Drew Estate Studios, as you can tell by all the art and decor in the backdrop. Ryan Gallimore, <laughs> send them some shit, please. Now. <laughs> uh, I'm here with Matt Ty in the uh, How About That Cigar Studios. He was kind enough to host me here uh, today while I'm visiting these guys up here for the weekend. Always a pleasure to have Matt on. Happy and have look who's sitting with the goat in our back room there. No, there isn't the master sensei himself coming off the 10th dogma release yesterday. Welcome, everybody. We got a we might have taken a couple weeks off. We got a jam-packed show for you today. We really do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We have our own Thanksgiving back. going on here. I mean, here we go. You starting already. It's <laughs> living. Friendsgiving, which none of us gentlemen are Paul's friends. Clearly, we weren't invited. You think Never it was are. my friends that were invited to Friendsgiving? You tell. I listen, Paul. It, it it doesn't matter. You had Friendsgiving at your house, which means you were entitled to some invitations, and none of us got one. Mm. There were, there were, there were fifty gonna... adults at my house. And 25 children. Think about I'm going to call Paul out. How many, how many were? 50 adults and 25 You didn't have room for 50 one you got. I'm, I'm going to call this out for really what it comes down to. Because we don't get invited to nothing anymore. We got a couple early childhood birthdays and that was it. You Paul, did, I did. Paul, I think, and I believe that like in his universe, he's like the cool guy. And I think he's too, <laughs> afraid, I think he's too afraid to invite anybody who really knows him from his outside universe. Because he doesn't want that bubble burst amongst his wife's friends. Oh, so you think in my personal life, I'm the cool guy and I don't want you guys to come and ruin it? Either that or you just don't want it to be more known how pathetic it is. One or the other. That's not a bad theory. That's not a bad theory. That's my running theory. I got to admit, I didn't know. Paul has no problem coming to every smoke-in festivity or event (laughs) and prounce around like some big shot and take all the abuse. But... You know, in his home life, he wants nothing to do with us, Alex. It, Abe, if I had if I had invited you and told you that there were going to be twenty five kids under the age of five in my house, I, I live with twenty five kids under the age of five in my yeah, house. Yeah, you do actually. That's all true. the thought that counts. I would have came down to Florida. Tell him, Coop. Yeah. 
Well, listen, I'll keep that in mind for next time, but hopefully there is not a next time. My, was, <laughs> Why not? You didn't have fun. Listen, our house is big, but it was it was tight that day. I'll tell you what. It's never tight with family and loved ones, Paul. <laughs> I, it, it wasn't, and it was a potluck. So you wouldn't have liked that anyway. I feel like that's a... That's Why a, are you making some bullshit excuses? <laughs> Just say, bro, we're not your friends. It's no, all right. No, but you, it did come oh. up. Should it's I, should okay. I We're not your friends. Should we'll I invite Dave yeah. and Alex? And yeah, Stephanie was like, this is a line in the sand for me. To not get invited to Friendsgiving, I mean, that's a line in so the sand. So let me just, let me just, I like calling Paul on his bullshit. Without a doubt, the, it went down like this. Stephanie said to Paul, hey, Paul, why don't you invite Abe and Alex? And Paul said, I'm not inviting those guys. Are you <laughs> kidding me? He's laughing, but he knows that's how it went down. I mean, I'm sure it was more like, oh, they're not going to come anyway. Whatever it was, it it was Stephanie who I guarantee you would have said first, hey, why don't you invite some of your friends? He's like, I'm not inviting Abe and Alex. I didn't want my None of my, like, you know, the, any the only people that were there it was it was literally we live in this huge community now that's all like families and so it was like that it was the, those groups and we had we have cousins in jupiter and they came what whatever why do you keep making some bullshit reason you just, just see you're not my friends guys it's cool we work together we do a show together we've known each other for like eight years we're just not friends i consider you my friends and that's okay it's all right i consider you my friends right all right Shitty way to treat your friends. Wait a minute. How could you just logically? How could you consider us your friends, and not invite us to friendsgiving? Well, <laughs> in my defense, and you're not going to take this one for Alex for sure. It is. A, I live in the boondocks now. That's a, a, irrelevant. It is far. The, the act of me coming or not is irrelevant to the invitation. No, it's not because I didn't want to bog up the invitations with people I knew wouldn't come. Maybe bullshit. Maybe it's that, bullshit. Maybe it's when I had my 50th birthday party, I specifically sent people invitations who I knew wouldn't come because I just wanted to let them know I was thinking of them. Oh, that's pretty nice. I believe you got an invitation, didn't you, Mr. Gunderson? Yeah, oh yeah. I got I one did. too. I didn't think I didn't think Eric was coming from Colorado. Yeah, but that was very nice. I, I think I got uh, I got an invitation, I got a phone call. Uh, they they made sure yeah. that I felt welcome and invited. That's what that's what friends do, Paul. So next Friendsgiving, Eric, you can Fuck come. That. You have an open invite. I'll be there. I'll be there, Paul. He'll fly know, in. Paul, He'll fly in, but none of you guys will show up. I, I, I didn't even know about Friendsgiving until the till this, by the way. And then I, okay, I heard it was has anybody. Thing. Has anybody else on this panel ever had a Friendsgiving? So Friendsgiving is the okay, very okay. whitest of white things. Matt, see, we let do. you on the show one time, Matt, and you go against the grain. Good man. <laughs> Matt's Matt, you're married, right? You have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's the wives do Friendsgiving. I feel like there's probably a lot of booze that Matt. It was college friends. We had a bunch of our college friends over. We would do like go out the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah, we did that too when I was young. college was a long time ago for me, so it was it was college friends. From I be honest, we were going to have a non-traditional Thanksgiving this year. There was not going to be turkey with Stephanie's family. So Stephanie was like, I, I said, man, I do. I am. I'm not the only person that likes turkey. And she said, well, we usually go to a friend's giving, but nobody's having one this year. Let's just have some friends over. And and I thought it would be like 10 people like from our neighborhood. And it ended up being, you know, 50 people. So it was a it was a big event. Yeah, I think our thing now oh, is we're, big going, event. Yeah. we're going to a not traditional Thanksgiving every year. Do your kids mind, Abe? 
No, we asked them. Okay. We asked them. I mean, last year we asked them. They went, we went to St. Augustine. This year we went on a cruise. It's just, it's just such a chaotic time, man. Everybody comes in. They're over. They're cooking at your house. They're cooking for three days. They're slaving yeah. away. Everybody's making a mess. Everybody's cleaning up every day. Then this whole thing is over in 20 minutes. Then you're cleaning up for a whole day. Then you're eating the same food for three days. It's like we just went away, and it was easy. It was nice. Yeah, you know? Abe, we've done that several times when my kids yeah. are younger. Um, it's, it's the way to do it. I, I, I'm think I'm thankful all year round. I don't need a day to be thankful. I'm just thankful that you guys weren't the pilgrims for crying out loud. Oh, uh, look at the pilgrims! Take a few days and appreciate where we are, and be thankful that we found I do that every day. Country. You're off on a cruise doing non-traditional. A, a traditional. What, we get you one day that's traditional. I'm, I'm traditional for Thanksgiving. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Thanksgiving. Guy. Thank you, Alex. We had a we had a family thing. A family member is not well, so we couldn't do Thanksgiving where we normally do, and we had to do it. Well, should we get into this? My not what what happened at Thanksgiving? Sure. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> Stephanie's grandfather and and uh, his wife live in outside of Daytona in Ormond Beach. And we usually do Thanksgiving up at her dad's house in Charleston. Now that's where he lives since he's retired and her grandpa's not doing so great. So they didn't want him to have to travel the, I think it's four and a half, five hours up to Charleston from there. So they all said, all right, let's do it by them somewhere around Daytona, but their house isn't big enough to have the whole family there. So they decided they have an RV. So they found an RV park that also has a hotel and like beach bungalows on it. And we we're like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, as long as the family's all together, you know, and they said, we're not going to do turkey. We're going to do like a, a seafood boil, which I was fine with. You know, we get to this. God forbid you weren't beach, fine with beach bungalow. <laughs> and when I tell you, I walked in it and I was like, my children cannot sleep in this room. It is horrific. It's, it's worse than half the places I stayed in when I was in a traveling improv group. And we Wait, were staying so this is on Thanksgiving. This is the day before Thanksgiving, but on Thanksgiving is when your we, actual Thanksgiving was. Yeah. And uh, we tried to get another room. There was nothing available there. And they, they basically wow. told me, they're like, that's that's the only unrenovated beach bungalow. That's why it was available. I'm like, so there's nothing we can do. They can't like reclean the room or they're like, it's clean. That's that's it <laughs> So we spent the whole time in the RV and and only slept in that room but even then like i was skeeved out i was checking the beds for bed bugs and it, it was it was gross it was awful but there was nothing within like a 15 mile radius that had any openings so we were kind of stuck there 15 miles isn't that hard though did you make What's any stops on your, did you make any stops on your way home uh, like did you I, go because west? i needed to wash the, the hotel that hotel off of me i decided <laughs> to do a last minute stop in disney I heard Mickey Mouse gave you a gift. So, so what happened at Disney? Yeah, I heard Mickey Mouse. Uh, we had gave a wonderful you a gift. time. We had a uh -huh. wonderful time. We stayed at Saratoga Springs in a one-bedroom suite. It was beautiful. No bed bugs. There were no bed bugs, but uh, there was a, another bug, a microscopic bug called. The you COVID got a you virus. got a parting gift when you left Disney. I got a parting gift from Disney World. I, I ended up with COVID. Shocker. So. Uh, and my, my dog, we had the dog with us, so she had to stay in the dog hotel for $130 a night. So that was interesting. <laughs> she had her own room, a couch, a bed, $130? Her own private balcony. 
a TV. Better than your bungalow. Better than your bungalow. I, I would have slept in that dog hotel room easily. Yep. You, you stayed pretty quiet too about your COVID. Uh, I did. We yeah. didn't find out about it till it was over. Yeah. I got. I was really sick for for a day, and then I they put me on that Plaxivid because I wanted to be able to fly for my dad. And it, I was I tested negative in a day, but I still felt terrible. That that new medication makes your stomach sick for a week at least. So I didn't eat. I, if you notice, I've probably lost eight or nine pounds because I literally did not eat for four straight days. Haven't noticed. What was that? <laughs> that Christmas picture that you were under the, the big tree with Stephanie was that from last year? Then no, that was last night. Why oh, I yeah, looked at yeah. Oh, you see. <laughs> It could be the suit. I'm, I'm serious. I looked at that picture. I said, "Oh, Paul's getting thick again." I am thick. I am thick. But I, but that suit. I got to get a new suit, man. And I, since I've been in Florida, I wear a suit like every other year. So that I got to get a new suit. Chunky. Yeah, I think I think it's a little big. Anyway, enough about me. I, I you know I'm very humble. I don't I'm like in. to talk about myself. Yeah, distinguished. It's nice tree. It's just so entertaining. You hear what he said? It's weird without the hat. The pick is weird without the hat. We say that every time. We say that every time. Am I wrong, Alex? Does he look a little chunky in that? He looks a little thick. He looks a little thick. Like you just say he lost weight. I'm like, I just looked at that picture yesterday. At least you were in the right hat. (laughs) Oh, I am, yeah. Thick. I can only wear this hat when I'm in cold weather. It's one of those really thick hats. So I always bring it. Right, yeah. Anyway, how was your cruise, Abe? Where did you go? Um, we took a last, like literally we booked it last minute. We took a last minute cruise. It ended up being really, really nice. Um, we stopped in Rotan. We, um, went to Belize, then Costa Maya and then Cozumel. And for the first time in my life, I got to zip line and parasail. So can we, you, Abe. Very cool. Can we talk I, about the I zip line? Done it. Yeah. It, was it just, so it was individual zip line. Like you went on your own or did you go with a, was it like some kind of carrier thing that you zipped on? Huh? It was just you. You got in a harness and you ziplined. Yeah, bro, o- over like a jungle with the tops of trees whacking my legs. Yeah. I don't want to be rude, but is there like a is there a weight limit for ziplining? <laughs> Probably in I'm the U.S. Rude. I honestly don't. Okay, so listen to me. Listen to me. They, they they can send eight people across at the same time. Okay, the wires are like this The reason why you can't do it in the U.S. is just insurance liability. You go to a third world country, you could skydive, parasail, you know. <laughs> There, there's no insurance liability there. You die, you're dead. Nobody cares. So, um, <laughs> but it was very safe. It was, it was, so here, here's the story. So, so I parasailed in, in zipline. I was way more freaked out about the ziplining than the parasailing, right? So I thought it was the other way around. No, I, I, would, I was way more freaked out about the ziplining than the parasailing because the parasailing, I said to myself, well, geez, at least I'm over water. You know, you ziplining, man, you couldn't see the ground. You were literally above a jungle. The yeah. tops of trees were whacking my legs. And, but they had you on two cables and two tracks. And the V hooks, you know, the clamps that clamp you in, yep. were thicker than my finger. I mean, they were like three quarters of an inch diameter. And then it had the sliding case to keep you from accidentally pinching them. So, like, it was really, really safe. Um, but it was freaky, man, especially a couple of you're out there and you're looking down, like, oh, gosh. Made it through a zip line. A couple of days later, we're going parasailing. I'm thinking, okay, parasailing is really easy, man. You sit at the end of the boat, real peaceful. It takes you up. You're up there. And, you know, the first two minutes, three minutes, you're just enamored with the beauty of the whole thing. And literally, like, in my head, I'm like, this is what a bird must feel like. Yeah. You know, flying over the ocean, looking over everything. And then I look down. 
and I could barely see this boat. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no one's surviving a drop from this high water or not. I was safer in the goddamn jungle. And then what makes it worse is after I really see how high up we are, and I'm like, oh, this is instant death if I come apart, right? They have this bar that they clamp you on. Now, meanwhile, they have two nylon straps that like come on your kids' backpacks, right? So these two nylon straps with these little, what do you call them, V-hooks, Alex? Like the little things that come with your little water bottles that you can clamp to Car something. Carabiners. Okay, but I'm talking about like a quarter inch carabiners, eight to an right. inch. I'm looking at these two little clamps and this nylon thing that looks like my kid's backpacks, the thing that clamps it in when you want to clamp it. Huh. I'm saying, this is all that's holding me up. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm looking at the little clamps. I'm like, are they starting to stretch? What the oh, fuck? Now I'm starting to freak out. So I'm looking down. I'm like, all right, I ain't enough of this. I parachute. I'm telling them, hey, I'll be real. There's no sign for reel me in. Oh, so God. I'm saying, reel me in. And they're waving back. Thumbs up. I'm like, no, no, I had enough. Reel me in. I'm good. I'm good. But no, I didn't. I was up there for like eight minutes. Wow. Yeah. No. In retrospect, the parasailing was way more freaking freaked me out than the. Uh, I've zip. never parasailed. I've ziplined a bunch of times. It's and nice. I, it is freaky though. You know, when I'm looking at these clamps, they're like you know horseshoes on ziplining. And then I'm seeing these clamps that come on like the free mugs I get with a backpack, you know, and so I'm like, how is this work? I mean, this is like, freak it was freaking me out. Do they even ask about weight with anybody when they go up in those things? Like, are they like, what, how much do you weigh? Or they don't ask anything. Dude, there were people going up three. Wow. Okay. There are three adults going up together. I mean, any of that stuff is really just a liability. You know, no one's. No one's making a zip line that has like a 300, 400 pound weight limit or, you know, it, you know, it holds pretty, I bet, but just thousands of pounds. Right, That's just right. Legal jargon. So, yeah, you want to do adventurous, crazy stunts? Go to a third world country. <laughs> never happened in the United States. Oh, just flash coffee everywhere. Oh, I, saw, I saw that. You got a shot. You got a coffee yep. shot. Flash coffee everywhere. What did you do for Thanksgiving, uh, Goat? Um, I went to friend's house, same friend's house I go to for 10 years. I am, I am the designated turkey carver. So that's a staple in my Thanksgiving tradition. Mm. I can see that. I take my turkey carving very seriously. When you carve the breast, do you just carve off the whole breast and then slice? No, 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 no. See, I, I have a, I have a, maybe a non-traditional turkey mm. carving. I don't know so first that. I, I deconstruct the turkey and reconstruct it on the plate. Mm. So wings come off, legs come off, get situated on the plate. Yeah, right. I take the breast off right. and slice. That's what I just said. Oh, I thought you said, do I slice down? Off no, the that's that's the worst way. That's the worst oh, way. Oh, is it? That's how whole, I slice it. You take the whole breast off, and so then you have this big chunk of meat yes. like this. and slice. And then you slice it this way. Yes, that, yes. See, me and you, we're, we're, we should have Thanksgiving And then together. I just reconstruct it on the plate. It looks like two sets of ribs with the breast. And the, that's genius. Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. You guys can this have guy, your own Thanksgiving. And that then is not how you slice Paul. turkey. Right. <laughs> this is why you got to do traditional Thanksgiving. You... He knows I don't understand why. Why shouldn't you slice the breast off the off the carcass? It That's just doesn't come it. out as nice. It doesn't it's, look as nice. A lot of wasted wasted stuff. Right. There. When you take it off and you slice it, and you have whole nice slices, especially if you got a decent nice a knife, you can get them thin. That's the way. Yeah, you yeah. Plus, Paul, you you end up 
you end up with these little like turkey fillets. Yes. They're like this instead yes. of this dry, I'll try that next year. I, I mean, I'm sure we'll have a Friendsgiving. So. Nice well, <laughs> put pictures on Facebook so we, if we can see if you did it right during Friendsgiving. Since I will. We won't I, be I, there. I won't be there. <laughs> we'll be there. We're, they don't we're do hurt. turkey anyway. <laughs> you guys play some sort of tofu thing. I was going to say, was there any – what were the meatless dishes at <clears throat> Friendsgiving, Paul? I know there had to be a few. Well, no, I think we had two vegans there, so they brought stuff. I, I think there was like like regular stuff, like sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, nothing. I don't think you thanks for turkey one day. Impossible turkey. Do you do you understand Impossible that Paul lives turkey. on a communist compound? No, no, no. <laughs> he go. lives on a communist compound. They actually had their own farm, which they then distribute the produce. Crop share. They crop share. Uh, crop crop share. share, as they call it. So, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, Friendsgiving is... Her- they're building a second farm now. It'll be orange, lemon, and uh, I forget what else. Maybe avocados. So that so that in the off season during the summer when we normally don't get crops, we'll get you know uh, fresh citrus and avocados and stuff. Who, who like that. tends to the farm? There's there's three full time farmers that work for our HOA. Are you paying them good? I mean, are they, are they, are they, are they, are they, I wonder what you're. Well, I hate to hear what your paid. HOA fees are. Yeah, they, they just went up too again. It wouldn't happen to be an old man named McDonald, would it? <laughs> no. Why don't you grow some tobacco there or something? I mean, oh, that'd be a great thing to bring up to the board. Yeah. <laughs> They'd just love show that. him just model of Florida sun grown. Tell him you can make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> we can they get Jeff in Orlando. Jeff, you need some extra. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! All the farmer. All right. Well, listen, Eric from Cigar Dojo is in town. He is in Boynton Beach, Florida. He came into town for the release of the new Dogma Underground Dogma. This was the iconic cigar that launched really the whole Dojo series. Um, so, Eric, tell us a little bit about the changes that went into place and how it came about. So, for the new cigar, uh, we. Uh, we got with the Jew State people. We said we want to do something, something really special for the 10 year anniversary of our, of our, you know, website and platform and whatnot. And so uh, here, uh, yes, Alex got it. And uh, so we we came up with a really cool size, which is uh, it's a little thicker than a, it's thicker than a Lonsdale. Um, it's a six by forty eight, Bellicoso. Uh, and it really works good. It's the same blend as the do- the original Dogma, so it's kicked up. It's that Corona Viva blend. It's not the standard Undercrown blend. And um, so you got your uh, Mexican San Andreas wrapper. You got your Connecticut stock cut uh, binder. And then you got fillers from Nicaragua and, uh, and Brazil. It's just a really, really good cigar. I know, Abe, you smoked a couple last night. I smoked a couple last night. I Alex smoked a couple last, last night. night. Um, it's, it's a killer stick and there's only uh, 2,500 boxes total, which will go out to Drew Diplomat retailers. But the first, the first uh, release of it was here at Smoke In last night for the, uh, for the party. We really had a good time. And, um, so yeah, we're really excited about this, uh, this release. Now this was, this was one of a few of series this year that was marked Dojo 10th, correct? Correct. We had the uh, Perdomo 10th anniversary champagne. Uh, we did our protocol tenure 
It wasn't really it wasn't ten year, but ten year kind of a play on that on that word. I like it. And um, and then of course of course this uh, this release. Is this, so, yeah. the, is this the last of the tenth? Yeah, this is it. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, this this yeah. is. Eric, wasn't was there an big. asylum one too that was a ten year? Well, that wasn't officially a ten year project. It was called Meshugana, uh-huh. uh, but it was it wasn't. Uh, okay, it didn't have your tenth emblem on it that I've seen on okay. your other packaging. Right, it wasn't branded to be uh, specifically for the ten year anniversary. That was. Uh, more of just kind of a fun. We did we did half of those here at Smoking also, and then the other half with uh, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. So that was a fun project. Um, and then the whole year started off with Diet Sarsaparilla here at uh, at Smoking. Uh, so it was a crazy, it was a crazy year, crazy ten year anniversary. Uh, I think we we squeezed everything we could out of it. <laughs> well, here's to ten more to you guys, man. Yeah, thank boys. you. Yeah, Cheers. great job, man. Cheers, boys. Congratulations. Um, we got, I think we get like really like almost 20% or maybe a little more than 20% of the whole allocation. Right. There are still some boxes left. Um, it'll be available, I think, at other retailers in a week or two. But we have a great promo going on right now at smoking.com. If you buy boxes online, of, there's an event page. So if you buy either the Dogma or the Sun Dog, the Sun Grown, which is like the end of Underground Sun Grown. So we love that blend and that wrapper you probably want to grab some of these um if you buy anything between now and either when they run out or wednesday on thursday we're going to do a live drawing we're going to give away a custom i mean these, i think they only made like five of these total it's a sun dog like gong and um cool yeah i have one in my office my museum wall from yeah. my, from when it was originally released so that's we're giving away one in your office yeah yeah we're giving away one one of those limited edition gongs and Oh, is that that's the gong? There you go. That's the gong. Yeah. And this is limited edition one. This is not the same one you have uh, in your office. Eh? No, no that's, that's labeled differently. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's got yeah. the uh, art on it. And, that, and that's, that sits in a red frame. It's, it's not just the gong. Frame. Yes. Yeah, it sits in a stand so you could gong it. And we're giving away two of the long boards, which are really amazing works of art. So Yeah, those are cool. Um, we got two yeah. the 10 long boards. That he's running around getting ready to get all stuff. So, this, so if you go to smoking.com, longboard, but we have yes. two League of Ten longboard. And I mean, these are these are nice, man. I mean, these are cool. These are nice. I don't know if I would actually longboard on it. Just I mean, put it, it on your wall. It has the whole thing. Yeah, longboarding on it. They said it has the weight capacity of a young uh, Nicaraguan child. So don't. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, so if you haven't gotten them yet, or you got some and you found you got them already, and you like them, or you get them, it's through Wednesday or when they're gone, and we're going to do a live drawing on Thursday. So, uh, very cool, very cool promotion and uh, epic cigar still making its waves in the cigar industry. So, got to tell you, man, six by forty-eight, a a long love sign size of a lot of us. Yeah, and uh, this nice box press, this fits right in there, right in the wheelhouse. I like this. This was six a good by stick. 48. That's like your sweet spot, right, Alex? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I love that tapering too. I like you know on that too. So, um, and Eric, I was invited to the release yesterday. I could have tried one, yeah. Well, after friends, you invited our friends, dude. Let's be real, yeah. You know. <laughs> and you made it clear that we're not friends, so. So, and we didn't want your Mickey Mouse COVID, your Disney. 
we didn't yeah, want you your probably wouldn't have shown up anyway. We're going to run with that excuse, too. <laughs> it's a drive. It's a long drive. We're going to call it Disney 19. Disney 19. <laughs> we have a few friends that have gone in the last couple of weeks. They've all come back with COVID. So maybe maybe don't go see the mouse for a while. I, where's the safety procedures? I mean, come on. Oh, it's all gone now. It's all yeah. done. No, we can call it. Thing. We can call it mousepox. There mouse you go. Pox. <laughs> Disney, Disney will trademark you and charge you ten dollars yeah. every time you say it. Listen, I'm shocked they didn't charge you for taking it home. Oh man, Ser- yeah, probably. Well, Should have been a few. Are you COVID? Mickey hired a new CEO, right? right? Well, they didn't hire a new CEO. They brought Bob Iger back because uh, uh, Chapek was so bad. Or Chapek, I don't know how to say his name. Are, are you in agreement with this, or do you like yeah. this change? Listen, I love Bob Iger. I mean, he's a Long Island guy. He was he. I've seen a lot of interviews with him where, and and, and I've known people that have worked for the organization that have interacted with him, and he's just like, he's a genuine guy, and he did a lot for Disney. I mean, he he brought all that IP over, and you know, am I a huge fan of Star Wars? No, but it was a genius business move. Marvel, same thing. I mean, that those are all. That's all his doing. He collected all major IP to bring under the brand and, and really cared about the parks. You know, he was, he was big into the parks. So yeah, I, I agree with it, but we're, you're not going to have him for long. He's an older guy. He's got two years and he's got to find another, another replacement. So uh, I think it was the right move. Yeah. I, I think that the old CEO, his, his idea was that if you price enough people out of the parks, that the overcrowding won't be an issue, but I'm close to being out overpriced, like you know, where I won't we can't afford it anymore. And if you go there, it's still packed. So never happened. Never Paul, happened. This week, Paul's like a cigarette smoker. Like they said, when cigarettes like hit three dollars a pack, everybody <laughs> you know, they'll be charging like five hundred dollars a pass. Paul's like, Well, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. What what, what was Lou <laughs> Rothman's the kids don't need new clothes? The kids don't need new clothes this school year, but we'll get our Disney passes. Hey, what was Lou Rothman's quote? When cigars hit wide, everybody will stop smoking? No, that was South Montana. South Montana, God rest his soul. You know, one of, you know, one of the coolest things Christian Aroa did, Sal knew he was dying. He, he had lung cancer. So he, he kind of knew he was going out. And Christian did this really awesome, like, documentary, just interviewing Sal. And actually, in our Port St. Lucie store, where we have a Camacho Lounge, there's a built-in video wall that has, like, segment of this documentary yeah i've seen it yeah you gotta turn it on hit the button and the video plays but his famous line is sal had two of the two of his greatest predictions in his career one as soon as cigars hit a dollar people would stop smoking cigars (laughs) and the cuban embargo wouldn't last a year (laughs) those were his two great predictions in our cigar industry here's to you so there's got to be a breaking point at some point for people with it, but it, I, we right now we have to pay for three of us. Eli is going to be when Eli turns three, we have to pay for his. And the problem oh. is you can't fake it now because they know because it's all digital, so they know their their ages. Because when you stay in the hotel, you have to like load in their document or their information. Paul's going to start leaving Stephanie at home to save money and just go with the two boys. She would love it. She, she would, would love it. That's what's going to happen. You watch. Well, you, you could moonlight as a character there, maybe. <laughs> hey, Paul, check All right, this out. Question, question. Oh, oh, if oh, yeah. you had to be a Disney character, you can't be Mickey Mouse, <laughs> which character would you be? But you had to play them in the theme park all day. In a costume? 
Yes, in a yeah. costume. God, I, that's never been my dream to be in a costume. No one asked if it was your dream. I asked you which one would you be if you had to do it. I would probably be Dale from Chip and I Dale. knew you were going to say that. He seems to have fun. Seems to <laughs> I knew you were going to say Chip or Dale. Yeah, but it's not yeah. fun yeah. when it's when it's 105 degrees and you're in that costume. It can't no. be fun when you're in that. Out of all the great Disney characters, Dale's who you want to be? Yeah, I, I I love Chip and Dale. I think they're they're fun and fancy free. They're low on the food chain, in my opinion. So low on the food chain. I mean, go go for Goofy or something like that. I mean, I'm not tall enough to be Goofy. I'm just curious if this has come out or not. Right? But like, was Chip and Dale like strictly like out there? Is huh? Are you saying were they a couple? I mean, <laughs> the name Chip and Dale, Chip and Dales. They were kind. I mean, was that what they were meant to be? Looks like it. I'm, I'm not gonna go into it. I'm not gonna get started. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, nothing wrong with it. I'm it just curious. Odd pick, Paul. Is an odd, I feel it. Yeah, such an odd pick. Dale has fun. He do, he does all the funny things when he's in the costume, and I I feel like it would be fun to play him. Who's in the costumes? Like, is there a set? Like, does it rotate? Is there? I, I've never been to Disney. Don't plan on. Going. I think once you get assigned a character, that's your character. No, no. They you can play. They, but like, how many but, characters are there? They have. I mean, who knows? But they, they, you know, some of the costumes they only bring out for special occasions. So these these real Disney fanatics get excited when like the Oogie Boogie costume comes out for Halloween. Which Oogie Boogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas, the Oogie Boogie Man. Oh my gosh! But there's certain I, characters you'll see them post on these blogs that they're like, "Oh my God, uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum were out for Christmas this year. Those costumes haven't been seen in forever." So, did they ever bring out the kid that gets drunk and smokes cigars with Pinocchio or no? Ah, I don't know. That would be a character. That's, you know. That's your favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I don't even know if you'd know this. I just assume you would. But, like, do the people who have to wear the outfits and the costumes, do they look, like, down upon or, or you know, are they envious of the people who get to be the prince and the princesses? And yeah, just well, there's a hierarchy for sure. Right? They're looked down upon, right? They're like the lower level characters, right? Yeah, the they, they, call them face, they call them face characters. So the princess, princes and princesses are face characters. And they're they're higher up on the totem pole than someone should do a whole documentary about the hierarchy and and all the you know draw. I bet you could not that Disney would ever have it, but I bet you a reality show of the people who work Disney parks and what goes on in there probably one of the best reality shows ever made. First of all, it is like a believe it or not, from what I hear, it's like a a free for all with like sex and drinking and like like after after they work for the day, these people party. Like it's like living on a cruise with people. Like they only hang out together. They all intermingle. There's all these like relationship. Like it's, it's very like they're having Disney orgies. I don't know if they have orgies, but I know that there's a lot of hooking up that goes on. Like are they all hooking up under Space Mountain? Yeah, and then they, yeah, and then you can tell you know you're like yo, I hooked up with Jasmine the other night, man. Yo, all right. <laughs> you know what would be even freakier if like Jasmine and Aladdin did it in costume. Well, they, I'm sure there's videos of that. If you, you know, oh god, oh, the stuff that might must really go on behind Disney. Holy god, <laughs> they just keep they just keep the heads on. Yeah, there's a name for that. There's a name for that. What is that called? <laughs> furries. They're called furries. People do that, but yeah, listen. One of those one of those costumes is upwards of like sixty grand. No. Yeah. 
so so they're they're under heavy lock and key. So those handlers are there one to protect the people from getting like you know kicked or something by kids, but also to like so that the costumes don't get damaged. I know way too much about this. We we don't need to get into this, but I I we when I worked at the minor league ballpark here on Long Island, the people that made our our character costume Quacker Jack, they're the ones that make Disney characters. It's called custom characters, and I think it's it's not Anaheim, somewhere in California, and they they do them, and and they've the guy told me he's like they've made hundred and fifty thousand dollar Mickey Mouse's without the technical stuff that makes the eyes blink and mouth move. Oh Jesus! All right, so you just remind me of something. We have a new segment called Customer Service Experience of the Week, right? Oh no! Oh yeah! So we got a order this week that had the first name. Ah. Oh, I can't remember what order it was. It was something cracker. White. No, it wasn't white cracker. It was something cracker. Head cracker. Or cracker head. Cracker head. Cracker head. Cracker head. head. Yes, yes. First name cracker, second last name head. Now, believe it or not, like your initial reaction is, I this guy's using a fake name and why? Is it fraud? What's going on? But we've actually had a customer named Rusty Pillow. Yeah. That we called to verify, and his name was Rusty Pillow. So... My guy calls the guy. The guy he says, "Hey, uh, I'm calling uh, someone who placed an order with Smoke In. Uh, I'm looking at you know." He goes, "Well, you call me." Well, you know, my guy doesn't want to say Crackerhead. You know? <laughs> so he's like, uh, is, is, "Are you the guy who placed order?" Yeah, don't you know? You're looking at my order form. Well, it says Crackerhead. No, my name is so and so. Well, why did you use that name? Because. There, there's a third party verification that, that verifies his age and making sure all the information. So this guy failed it on all counts. And he's like, well, you know, we just want to check for customer fraud. So we have a thing that we do to verify issues when we think there's a fraud in the account. And the guy didn't want to do it. He's like, it's just me. Send the order. Da, 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 da. And then hangs up the phone on him. So I call the guy because you know, he doesn't know what to do. Do I send it out? So I call the guy and I just say, yeah, hello. Can I please speak with Mr. Head? <laughs> speaking yeah um you missed and you had his real name right now so i you know why well that's the name i go by i say but you know like it's it, you're placing an order under a, not a real name and it causes all these but the guy was so rude and blatant and he goes that's me i've got i said okay good we just wanted to verify so i told him just send it out I said, well, you don't want to check for fraud. I said, no one that rude or arrogant about something like that is going to be fraud. That's some real dude in Texas who just goes by Crackerhead and wants his order. Send him his order. <laughs> Crackerhead. Wow. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird stuff. Stuff you never would think happening. Crackerhead. Hello, am I be speaking with Mr. Crackerhead? <laughs> Crackerhead uh, and Rusty Pillow. Rusty, Rusty Pillow. Pillow. Sounds, Rusty Pillow sounds like something you look up on Urban Dictionary. And get some kind of weird right give her the rusty pillow. <laughs> is that are those the new Disney characters? Yes. <laughs> Crackerhead right? and Rusty Pillow. Two new characters. Getting back on, on topic to cigars, we wanted to talk about Alex and, and Abe noticed that there's more Zodiac cigars on the market right now. Yes. Yep. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and sure enough, there's more. I think Vega Fina came out with one and somebody else. Macanudo and Sperato. Macanudo yeah. and Sperato. Now, the Macanudo one's going to Asia and Europe. It's not going to the U.S. It's still being made. It's still being made. My, my, you know, Vega Fina started the same way. 
They've been doing the European ones in the last couple of years. They've moved it to the U.S. So I imagine at some point General will move that to the U.S. in, in subsequent releases. Well, that was my question. Like, do, do all of these brands that do the Zodiac cigars, um, are they are they all selling in the Asian market? Because then that, that makes yeah, sense. Davidoff started out with the uh, year. They had a year of the dragon in 2012, and they tested it out in the Asian market. Okay. And then they kind of ended up, year of the state came the year after, and it became a, an annual release. Uh, EPC also did one. EPC's now got a Chinese Zodiac set they have coming out with. Oh, yeah. It's like 10 different cigars, isn't it? Yep. Yep. So they're, these things are not going away. Huh? Maybe it's 12 different cigars, but I think it's like a set of 12. It's a set for the whole Chinese New Year. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of a nice way to do it. Yep. Yeah. The Vega Fina one's going to be at the uh, TPE trade show. So they're actually, it will actually ship before them, but they're going to also be showing at a TPE. You know, Coop, we didn't talk about your little excursion and trip and how you ended up in the, you know, how about that cigar studios? Where, where, sure. What are you doing? So, um, you know, Matt, Matt and Garrett are good friends of mine. And I've been wanting to come see them, but, you know, it's not easy to get to Minnesota, but there was kind of a unique circumstance. Um, one of the guys on the Coop team, um, I don't think you really know him because he does the music show, jukebox show with me. His name's Dave Burke. I've known Dave for eight years. Uh, he lives in Australia, and I've never met him and in person. And he is visiting family in the Minnesota area. So I said, Dave, let me try to see if I can get up there. December is actually a tough time for me to get up there. But um, and then I said, you know, as long as I'm doing it, I don't know how much time I'm going to get with Dave because he's visiting family. So then I went to Matt. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm coming in. I'll, I'll just extend the weekend and we can hang it and kind of, you know, do that. So Matt was really gracious. And, um, you know, I've been wanting to come up here to see these guys as well. So why not December? I mean, that's when you want to go to Minnesota and experience the true <laughs> experience. I mean, it's actually warm here, though, because it's in the 30s. So, wow. yeah. So, uh yeah, so I mean, I haven't been to Matt's studio. It's a great; he's got a great setup here. Um, and uh, we last night we hung out at his local lounge, um, and then we're gonna go see Dave today. Dave's gonna be uh, in today, uh, so we'll see him. Alex, if we have any of that swag that was unclaimed by anybody in any of that raffles last night, send it over to the guys over there for their wall. I think we had enough swag last night to decorate that whole uh, Drew Estate wall with our Where's dog. Where's Garrett this morning? Playing chess. Garrett's probably sleeping. He had a. No, he's uh, he had. A, 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 it, it was some some kind of Christmas party. I don't know if it was a family party or if it was, uh, but he had a Christmas party that he was at yeah. last night, and I think he was might have been up a little bit late. Um, but we're gonna get together and um, uh, hang out today and and tonight. Yep. So. Yep. And I'm staying till Tuesday, so I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna be a guest on How About That Cigar Monday Night. Yeah. So nice. Really yeah, yeah. Coop's, Coop's going to be live on the show uh, Monday night. We're not sure if we're going to do the show here or we might do it from a local private club or or a local shop. We're not sure yet. Uh, you know, Coop, you give me a lot of crap for all my travels, but you were in you were, weren't you just in Mexico a couple yeah, weeks ago? I was in Mexico City. I haven't done a lot of traveling like I used to uh, for cigars or my day job. But yeah, I was in Mexico City uh, right before Thanksgiving. So. Um, that was an invitation by a, a newer company called Casa 1910 Cigars. And what they essentially did is they had 
I would call it similar to what McAuliffe does with the open house and what Espinosa does with Lozona Palooza. Uh, but this was more focused on retailers and media and really what they're a newer company and they're trying to build brand awareness, um, you know, and it, it, that takes a lot. So they invited retailers and media down to kind of experience Mexico. And that's where they're based out of. They're based out of Mexico City for, you know, cigar travel. There really hasn't been a lot done in Mexico. And they you are know why? Why? Because. After the boom, there hasn't been a successful Mexican company. It's the tobacco has been successful. Yes, I agree with you, but, but you know, not brands. I mean, no. let, let's face it. The Torrents own Mexico, and Miyama yeah. was probably one of the biggest brands in the boom. Yeah. But they first had the battle that Mexican had an, Mexico had an internal law that they couldn't import tobacco. So they were right. You can to, only make a Mexican right. Mexican. That's no longer, but that's what they used to battle. So they can only. They had to use Mexican tobacco for wrapper binder filler, which doesn't work out well. That's why kind of Tiamo was so rough, right. but it was hot during the boom. But even after the boom and after that law changes, nobody, I mean, Terence sell tobacco, you know, sell wrappers, but is anybody smoking a Terence cigar anymore? Well, I, you know, Is there even any Terence cigars on the market? I know the Sun tried to come out with something and launch a brand like five years ago, but I've seen or heard nothing on it on the radar anymore. It died as quick as it hit the shelves. You know, Jay, Abe, it's actually a really good point that the Turrets have a brand, right? And the Turrets are legendary. And they legendary. Casa 1910 right now is beating them in the marketing game, and they're small. And Casa 1910 has a lot of work to do. Don't get me wrong. But even at the trade show, Casa Turn has this little kiosk in the Sutliff booth, but the, I mean, sorry, Casa Turin has a kiosk in the Sutliff booth and Casa 1910, they have this nice booth and they're, they're work. I mean, it takes a long time to build a brand in the U S too. And, they, and Casa 1910 has a lot of work, but it seems like the turns have, they just haven't focused enough on the brand. So the thing we didn't get to do on this trip is we didn't get to go to the fields. They're out uh, in San Andreas, the Tuxla area. That's about eight hours away. I think at some point, maybe if they keep doing this every year, they'll extend the trip. But I think they're still trying to build this right now. Interesting. Oh, what a great city. By the way, what a great city. Wasn't that way. on your bucket list, Coop? Didn't you say that Mexico City was a bucket list city for you? It was a bucket list city. I'd never been there. It's it's probably the most sprawling city I've been to ever. Um, it's very densely populated. So like London and New York are big cities. But when you see the dense population of Mexico City, it, it blows you away. And 10, it's, 10 million people or something live 18, in the city. 18 million people. Yeah. And it's cheap to be down there. Like Paul, I mean, I was in a very nice hotel that was cheaper than what your bungalow was. <laughs> I'm sure I, was. Was, I was paying like $114. Oh my really God. Nice you, had pay, you had to pay your own way to go down there. You were invited. I paid extra day. No, they, they did pay my hotel, but I paid oh, okay. some extra days to stay. So, you know, because, uh, you know, if I go down there for a short weekend, that's part of, I think, the problem. They need to extend that weekend a little more to make it worth it. Although they had a good turnout. But, um, again, I, I ended up staying five days, four nights. So it was, I mean, dinners are cheap. Ubers are cheap. Down, there's no such like, Inflation hasn't hit Mexico is what I'll tell you. So it's not like everything's real. You could do, a, and it's, by the way, Mexico says, like any city's got bad neighborhoods, it's got nice neighborhoods. We were in some very nice neighborhoods, so everywhere has a nice neighborhood and a bad neighborhood. That's yeah, everywhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, 
it was, you know, I, there's an Ritz Carlton has a hotel that you go smoke on the uh, 37th floor. You get a great view of the city. Um, and uh, like I said, it was it was a very I'm glad I went. Mexico City. You've been to Mexico. I've been to Mexico. You've been to Tijuana. I feel like I've been to Tijuana. I feel like. Mexico City is not like your border city, and it's not like Acapulco. It's what I'm saying. It's it's a big city. Um, it's a beautiful city, is what I'll say too. It's just a really. Uh, I've been to Mexico, city. but not off the resorts. They always they always tell you don't don't leave. Don't but, leave but the see, this is why no one gives a travel. Like one of the nice things when we went to Honduras, Bhutan, like we went into the jungle. We went into the city. We went. I mean, if you're going to travel, especially if you live in South Florida, which we live a resort life, basically, anyway, we got beaches and shit, right? Why would you go to another country to stay in a resort? It just, for me, it's like a lot. It, if I go to another country, I want to get into the village and in with the people and see the country. If I'm going to go to another country and sit in a resort for a week and come home, I might as well stay here in my backyard. Yeah. Yep. I'm in agreement with you on that as well. It's, yeah, um, I don't understand that. Yeah. I did that I in mean, Europe. I mean, I guess if you live in Chicago in winter... And you want to go to a resort, going to a resort in Mexico is, I guess so, but you know, yeah. I just don't get it. You're not really visiting a country, basically, then. You know, they feel they see a few natives working in the bars and the pool deck that they've visited another country. You know, that, that was their, that was their uh, out of country experience. They met someone named Miguel. Hey, we went to Mexico. <laughs> I'll tell you, I never want to, like, I had so many tacos down there, street tacos. Like, everything they serve, like, everything's a street taco down there. I don't want to see another taco for a year. I mean, it's very good, <laughs> but it, it wears on you pretty thin after a while. Well, speaking of tacos, not a real transition whatsoever. <laughs> um, we were talking about trends. Another trend that I'm starting to see, and I, I only know of two of them, I'm, and now I got three media guys here to help out. Um, are people making cigars that you smoke both ways? Have you seen this? It's not a That's trend. There's, it's been done before. I, I've seen. Well, I've seen two recently. They're out now. The two. There's two recently that have been out. Actually, and I think Tello has one, and Grand Habano has one. Yeah, there's the a, yeah. Moxie or whatever that is. There's another company that's got it too. Um, um, I can't remember the name of the company, but. Uh, yeah, there's a couple, but yeah, you know, the Fratello one was at the trade show this year. It got probably got the most attention. Uh, to Did it? it? Yeah, I mean, Grand Bono's, I think, his. Wait, so when you say it got the most attention, the most like, attention of the double two. cigars of the two. Of the double yeah, cigars. No. Of the okay, double yeah, cigars. threw me off. I was going to really yeah. question that yeah. statement. Okay. Yeah. Have any of you guys yeah. smoked any of these? I haven't, no. No. Anybody no. smoked Grand Habano? I have the Fratello. I said. Do you? Yeah. Eric, you gave a little bit of a of a look when Abe brought it up. Do you do you not get it? I, you know, the whole uh, here's the deal with me. What if 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 cigar is really good, right? If cigar is good, there. If you're trying all this crazy stuff, does it make the cigar better? I mean, or is it just fun? Okay, it's fun, fine. Uh -huh. I'm I'm down with that. But like, you know, guys come to me all the time, like, oh, you gotta. You gotta try this candela that we made. It doesn't taste anything like a candela. Oh, like, well then, why, why wouldn't it be why better if you had a habano wrapper on it? Like, does the candela make it better? You know, I don't know. It just seems yeah. like uh, sometimes it seems like we're just striving to be different, to be different. I mean, I love Omar. He's a great dude, um, and I'll I'll try it. But yeah, I, I'm not gonna go crazy over it. You're scarily sounding like cool. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I had Omar on our show. Um, you have two. 
Of what? Of the cigar. I have two. Okay, so you have two. So you have. I can try it either way. Right. Yeah. I can try it either way. At least you have two. Yeah. I had Omar on the show, our show afterwards, and <clears throat> Omar said this was a very tough project to do. It was an interesting idea that was brought to him. I think it is a cool, there's a, a cool idea, but I think implementing this was not easy. Working with the factory was not easy. He was trying to get an experience where it's different, smoking it from each end of it. I don't, it's sounding like it hasn't hit the stores yet, but it's sounding like it's going to be a one and done for him. So unless it's, I mean, that could change obviously, but that's what he, because I asked him, is this something he's going to ongo? He said, no, this was a very tough project to do. Can I ask a stupid question? Cause that's what I do. Sure. How how does the cigar come? Is there a cap on either side, and you just pick a like, yes. or is, are they both ends cut? I don't. Uh, they, so the double cap cigars are problematic a lot of ways because they hold. It ends up holding the moisture in them. So I know some companies have punched. I think Omar's doing this too. They put pinholes in each of them. Um, so it comes capped on both sides and it's holes both. so that the moisture can escape and do yeah. what it does. But Viaje did a double cap cigar a few years ago and, and he had problems with the moisture and he had ended up having to punch holes in it. It it's beef, so, beef sticks were made double capped. I haven't seen a problem with them yet, have you, Alex? Well, he puts the cap on afterward. Oh, uh, after they suffer, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the Grand Habano is actually flat on one side and torpedoed on the other. On the other side, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks like a bullet round. Like a, yeah, it looks right. Like a bullet Literally. round. Like a That's a good cigar. I like that cigar. The Mod 60? I'm telling you what, I, I haven't had one yet, but they're flying either, off the shelves. I mean, it's really they're flying off the shelves in the store. Yeah, George did, did a good job with that. Um, well, we got a break coming up, so we're going to – Break it now and talk and bring up everybody back in hour number two. Hour, hang on. So we we do not. You were in the bathroom earlier when before the show. We don't have a tale of the tape this week. We don't have a tale of the tape. Are we, we just gonna the, start it after the new year? Probably. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> we do have a name that jam. If you want to run name that jam, we will run name that jam in hour number two. I'm going to talk to Heritage about uh, Eric uh, Germison. He went to the Heritage Cigar Festival. See, mm. good Tormson. Okay. There we go. Oh, you were um, at Heritage. That's right. You were at Heritage. Yeah, we'll talk about Heritage Festival and a lot more fun coming up in our number two. Don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Phenomenal. 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 Explore the unexplored with St. Louis Ray Carenas. Set sail to discover an extraordinary Honduran cigar deeply anchored in tradition. The St. Louis Ray Carenas features a Nicaraguan wrapper cloaked over 100% Honduran tobacco that make up the binder and filler. The St. Louis Ray Carenas, in the Toro size, received a 93 rating in Cigar Aficionado and was featured in their illustrious Top 25 Cigars of 2021 list. St. Louis Ray Carinas is available in four different sizes, a Robusto, Toro, Bellicoso, and Magnum. So get ready to take a trip back in time to experience the heritage of St. Louis Ray with the St. Louis Ray Carinas.
Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real is introducing a twisted love story and a twisted Toro. These cigars are in addition to the original Reserva Real line. What we've done is added a two wrapper combination, looking like a barber pole or a dos capas. Now the wrappers that they're using is an Ecuadorian and a Connecticut shade, giving it that wonderful hinted flavor notes of cream with a little bit of woodsiness added to it. But the nice thing it does to it also is adds great depth into the flavor. The binder and the filler are still the same, using a Nicaraguan binder and a Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. So you still get that wonderful array of what you know as a Reserva Real, but you've added some depth into it. Now the Twisted Love Story and the Twisted Toro are the only two sizes that will be available in this line. This is a, a cigar that's iconic to the Reserva Real name, but giving it its just due in something that's fun and innovative. With that, go out and enjoy your own twisted love story. I'm Steve here from Smoking Cigars. It is that time of year again, the Great Smoke 2023 Mardi Gras Madness. If you're wondering why everybody last year was calling it the best cigar event in the country, it was evident the day tickets went on sale. VIP tickets sold out in one day. That's right, they are all gone. Don't message us, don't PM us. I'm sorry, there's nothing we could do, but there are still plenty of general admission tickets and virtual tickets. Once again, we'll be offering this event virtually as well as live. So for those of you who can't make it down, you'll be able to enjoy the festivities from the comfort of your own home. Michael Herklotz, Kim Keeney, and Paul DeGracco will be returning to be your co-hosts for your virtual experience. Whether you're coming down live or we're gonna be enjoying the event from the comfort of your own home, your ticket price includes this epic package. It's one of our greatest great smoke packages in the history of this event. Over $400 worth of product and great swag for the low cost of $165. If you're coming down live, you'll get your package the day of the event. If you order your virtual ticket, they'll start shipping weeks prior to the event in early March. For those of you coming down, we have four full epic days of fun. We start off with Drew Estate and Jonathan Drew, Thursday night our headquarters here in Boynton Beach. Friday night, two events, Steve Saka here at headquarters, and Evan Darnell once again returns to host our pre-event dinner with the Red Meat Lovers Club going off the top this year. I've seen the menu, it'll be up on the site soon. Incredible dinner, and our host, feature host this year, Michael Herklotz of Ferio Tego Cigars, who's made a very special cigar, especially for those attending the pre-event dinner. Saturday morning, we are starting early with the first ever tailgate party being hosted by the, the distinguished Ruffius and Eric Espinosa. There'll be a very special cigar made exclusively for that event for the first 100 attendees who go to the tailgate party. And of course, the main event will be Saturday afternoon. And then that night, after the main event, you can head back to our headquarters here. We'll have the man himself, Boofy Matt Booth, Room 101 Cigars, capping it all off with a beautiful Sunday brunch once again before everybody goes home from what we hope will be another historically, epically fun weekend. Do not hesitate. Tickets are selling this year faster than ever. Go to www.thegreatsmoke.com and get your live general admission ticket, your virtual ticket if you're going to enjoy from home, and tickets for either the dinner or the brunch. Epic time. We can't wait to see you all there. The Great Smoke 2023. Mardi Gras Madness.
Welcome back, hour two of KMA Talk Radio. My sheet is this is Paul's great work. You can't even change the header. But this this says 11-5, November 5th was episode 480. And we're December 10th, and this is episode 481. Is that real? I, yeah, I think so. I double checked. But but in my defense, your assistant said she was gonna change the header for me yesterday because I was on the, I did it from the I did the the rest of the outline from that plane and she's like, Oh, I saw the can I change the date on the top? I was like, Oh yeah, please do. I don't have my laptop right now. But I guess she didn't. <laughs> I guess oh, I so it's it's her fault that you didn't do it. No, no, it's not her fault. I just didn't go back to fix it because she said she, she may didn't. not be able to, Paul, because I don't think I can edit the Google Doc. Oh, either. she doesn't have edit access. Oh, okay. yeah, she I don't. Yeah, I can only that. I can read only. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I, I don't think it's episode forty-one, but neither here nor there. Do you have so, to use that picture of me for the friggin' for everything? <laughs> I mean, it's too late. Bro. It's out. It's in the with the diaper. This shows how. This shows how close we are as friends. I asked Abe not to use that picture, and then he still uses it everywhere. You did not. I had the te- don't make me put the text thread up. I didn't. I didn't say specifically. <laughs> I hold on. I literally. I literally asked you. Do you want me to take it down, Paul? Because you were saying it like that. Like, it just it's not a good representation of me. I think it it's is. not me. I, I think it's a very accurate well, representation of you because you literally have to tell everybody that it's not you. Even Stephanie wasn't sure if that was you. <laughs> she said she her her direct words to you were, "I guess it could have been an old picture for of him when he was fat." That's what she said. Yeah, I think it's close. Are you going to be covering the spearmint rhino boots again this year, Paul? Like, oh. like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Paul we're, kept we're wanting to cover that boots like multiple times last year at the, at the, at the Great Smoke. All right. Well, Listen, we just had to get we had to get places. We had to get things done. It's, I'm excited when when you see my actual outfit for the Great Smoke Coop. I feel like you're going to shake my hand. Michael Herblatt nice. will look down on me, but is it uh, a Dale costume? <laughs> uh yeah Mardi Gras hat. if you get the Mardi Gras gear that will be a coup hold on I'll share I'll show you the picture we sent him that oh, picture right, that right. We, him, yeah. we sent him that picture of uh the suit we put him in let me see here I don't think it's that far back so oh. to give credit where credit's due here you go here you go he found this I sent him the suit I sent him a picture of the suit and he goes, what is that? I said, your suit for the Great Smoke. His reply, no, it is not. I've been to Mardi Gras. I spent tons of times at events with Emerald, and only Jamokes in their pajamas are clowns. I'll find an alternative and tell Stephanie she's no help. <laughs> yes. Giving Michael her class fashion advice is always my like one of my favorite things to do. Right, right. <laughs> Couldn't get more ridiculous. So, anyways, we have musical gurus on our show today. Coop with his own little music show, and I think Eric is very much into music. I'm not sure about Matt, but we're going to test everybody's. Music oh, there you go. We got a whole yeah. slew of music, music, really music. music, yeah, music people. So, we're going to test all your acumen today with an episode brought to you by Avant Cigars called "Name That Jam." <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
All right, gentlemen. Uh, very simple. We're going to play you three seconds snippet of a song. We're going to see who can guess what it is. So I feel like this is probably going to be a layup for Coop. I'm not sure about the rest of you. Well, so Coop, mm. slow up. Don't answer right away. Music. I'd have to get a little more obscure, which would totally push everybody else out, but we'll see. This is probably right. a layup for Coop. Here we go. Oh, Coop knows. Yeah, of course he does. This is a layup. It's, it's, it's tough. I'm, I may have to do ones just for Coop. I'm out on this one. How about you, Eric? Uh, don't know. I do not know that. Matt? Um, yeah, I'm I can not give really it to you sure. again if you want. We can play the yeah, riff again. It kind of broke up a little bit what first time you played it. Mm. No clue. No clue. Really? I got it. I, I, I mean, a lot of no people are saying Thriller. No. I, no, no, it's not no, Thriller. No. I'm going to guess the it's decade similar. was the I'm going to guess the decade was the 70s. <laughs> About, yep. If you're looking at the screen. Oh, is Coop, it? What yep. is it? Give it to me, baby, by Rick James. Take it away, Paul. Come on, give it to me, baby. See, like, I would have played that part right there. Didn't, 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 didn't. It's too easy. It's too easy. I still wouldn't you know, have known. I don't think it's as easy as you think. But, but if I heard that, the three, if I heard that part, I would have known. I know the song, but I don't think I could have yeah. gotten it. I know like the, the riff, you hit, I, I would have never recognized that. It's even the know. intro. No, I mean, I feel like it's a legendary riff. I'm gonna start it, making it, it, one it, it, and yeah. then one for Coop. Yeah, I gotta get a little more. I gotta get a little more obscure with Coop. Yeah, that was a good. You know, and and that's. That was an iconic song actually in New York because the disco movement was very big in New York with the funk. And, uh, you know, that was played all over. The, like, you, you couldn't go anyplace without hearing that song when it was played. <laughs> the disco movement was big in New York with the funk, you know. Yeah. Funk. Well, I, I mean, you go outside of you go outside of New York, people don't know about disco much. It's kind of funny. Or big City. Let me say Big right, City. Right, big City right. is probably. Shoes. Coop, if you have a picture of you in bell bottoms with platform shoes on, we would probably pull money to see that. <laughs> I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Probably with a big um, afro. Probably the doorman at Studio 54 telling people to get the hell out I, of here. I, I was in. the guy going to the discotheques or the nightclubs, I should say. because it was, And I was I was not on the dance floor. I was like, if you watch Saturday Night Fever, I was like Tony Manero's buddies at, at the table watching everything. Like I'd not dance or anything, but it was, it was the guy hanging out. I could see but it was that. more the post disco when I when I went. So, another interesting thing I saw in the cigar world this week: Mike Salucci, formerly of Drew Estate, formerly of Quality Importers, has started his own gig with Salim Hanono, who used to be formerly with Camacho Cigars and then with Drew Estate, and I don't know where he went after that. Does anybody know what this company is? I've seen a couple posters. I've read about it. I still don't even understand what exactly they're doing. Is anybody else? I, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it much either, Abe. I mean, Damn, Coop, um, I was really hoping you were going to fill me in on this. Coop didn't even know about it. Coop didn't even know about it. I didn't it. know about it until I Googled it and I saw it was actually a real press release that went through the news wires on this. Yeah, I saw it. I read it. I went to the website. I still don't understand what they're doing. It sounds like it's some sort of another 
it's not a brokerage model, but it sounds like they're doing they're outsourcing sales and marketing for companies to do that. It's some kind of consultancy, you know, like where where they teach you how to how to run a retail business and market it. I, I it's on the marketing side. Of each, of neither one of them has been in retail business. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know. Not that, that I know of. I know Salim. I know Salim's father owned a little store in Miami somewhere for a long time. But Salim, since I've known him, has worked for manufacturers. Mike, since I've known him, worked for Drew Estate and Quality, and that's it. So interesting. Yeah, so it was this, for this exists it was for brands. It wasn't for brands. Well, I thought it was for. I cigar. thought it was for retailers. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you guys well, this is my right. point. They put out a press release, and no one seems to know well, what here, it is. Well, here I have the press release. Yeah, isn't like Hoop? Isn't it Integra and somebody else signed they, on? They it? say one of their customers is Integra, who make the new Boost Humidity packs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a. It's oh. considered. It what they're calling it is a as a is the first full service brand accelerator for smoke shop independent convenience and new age wellness retail. No, oh, so it was just it was oh, retail. so yeah, for so uh, what is a brand accelerator? It's a it's a fancy word for for like this happens in other industries all the time, right? Where where there's a, a consultancy that comes in. Like I used to do it for for entertainment venues on Long Island, where like here's how you should market yourself. This is this is where you should spend your marketing dollars. These are the types of events you should run. Like they don't do any actual work, to my knowledge. People paid you for your opinion. Yeah, a lot. Wow. Yeah. Back in the day. Wow. But, but yeah, that's that's kind of what it I mean, that's what it looks like to me after reading the, the press releases, which Coop is right. It's like mainstream, like it's on PR Newswire. Like uh, right. they, they kind of put it to the mainstream media. It's not not really I yeah. not really cigar centric type stuff. What, but it yeah, like it, it sounds like a here's how to run a business, here's how you market it, here's how you build a brand. Right. And, so it and, sounds like for like Integra, they're gonna help Integra sell into these channels that they talked about, which is the channels being um tobacco stores convenience stores etc it, it's just i don't know if there's a big i just don't see the market big enough at least for premium cigars that's why i guess they're gonna probably have to go with other types of products with that yeah i agree and when i when i hear anytime anymore if i hear the word wellness i always think of cbd and cannabis yeah. yep but that's yep. the road they're going down and mike was working right. in that area for a while they also so, have a platform so it, they, they have a sales team and then they have, it's called Wait, a sales team. What are they selling? Well, it's a sophisticated, themselves. it's called a sophisticated headless B2B e-commerce platform that makes it easy for customers to place orders, track purchase history and participate in marketing and loyalty programs, I guess from, from retailer to manufacturer. So they're trying to build like a, a, a portal for manufacturers to sell to another their businesses. Yeah. So I guess the manufacturers sign up for this portal and they give the the retailers. So they're trying to kill the sales rep. And that's what I was just going to say. They're trying to kill the cigar sales rep. Get rid of the personality behind it, I guess, to make it easier. I don't see many cigar companies big enough to even take on that type of service. The and then the big companies, companies that I know of. The only two companies that I know of that have attempted it, and I don't even know if they're still using it, is one, J.C. Newman. J.C. Newman placed a portal that you could order it, but I, I still think my operations guy puts his order in with the rep like he's been doing for 15 years. 100%. And I think Altidus attempted this at one point, but we still give our order to Susan like we've been doing for the last 15 years, 20 years. So, I, you know, even if, even if they look – 
I've said this over my 26 years. In this industry in particular, there are standards that pretty much work across every industry. Like this is this is better way to do this in this industry. And it goes all the way across the platform and boards until you hit the cigar industry. And they said, nope, doesn't work here. It's just one of these unique industries where you think, well, man, every other industry in the world is doing it this way, but it doesn't work here. I think this is just going to be one of those things. But I don't think cigars will be the focus of it. I think it's like what Matt said, it's going to be those other products. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to, because of Integra, it sounds like it's going to be more focused on stuff like humidity control and storage and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, normally those PR Newswire things, I get the alert on it. I, I didn't get the alert on this one. So, you know, it's just what I subscribe to on there. They sent it to Aficionado. That was a joke. Everyone sends everything to Aficionado. That was a joke. I know that's kind of sad. That's the Coop's little pet peeve. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, mean, like I, I got to give Coop some credit, though. I want to give a shout out to Coop. Actually, it was interesting. So we have a customer in the store, Max, who comes down from Canada every year. How long has Max been a customer, Abe? 25 minimum, years. Minimum 20 years. So I was talking Max to Max. A customer when I first opened up West Palm Beach. So minimum right. 20 years. Right. So I was talking to Max the other day, Coop, and come to find out that he is an avid follower of yours, especially your reviews. Um, but with no knowledge of the intertwining between us and you, he follows you avidly oh, outside funny. of us. Had no idea that you know oh, wow. we work with you as much as we do. So you get out there. Wow, a little thank bit, you, Max. You got smoking customers Max, yeah. that don't know you work with smoke in. That's funny. Amazing. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like my own my own team doesn't know sometimes. Like uh they'll like they'll send me story. I was just telling Matt. They'll send me stories. Hey, did you see this on Half Wheel? Did you see this on Cigar Aficionado? And my reply is, did you see it on Coop? <laughs> so it's like, that's I mean, funny. granted, we, we sometimes there's things we don't have sometimes, but most of the time that's what happens. <laughs> we we need to see, we need to get this video of Coop and the Chicken, Eric. Where is yeah, it? Yeah, it's on Eric's page. Yeah, it's on Eric's Facebook, and I'm happy to give you a play-by-play -play of that too. Because Alex, like, can you? I haven't seen this video, but. I think it, just hearing about it sounds funny. My only disappointment was, I how yeah. could Eric have not been Mickey within the background? I know. Oh, such a it, this was that moment. I can walk you through it, um, and then there's a little part that happened afterwards that's not on the video. All right, they'll dig that up while they're digging, while they're digging that up. Eric, yes, Heritage Cigar Festival. I think this is the first year it's under a new ownership. Have you been? Yeah. To it before? Have you been to it before this year? Yeah, we've been going for the last, I don't know, four or five years to it. Um, did, did you see any changes this year? Was there any any noticeable differences with the new ownership or basically same as before? Yeah, so it's it's kind of different. So in the past, it's just like a free event for the community. And um, most of the vendors are just local vendor, vendors and they have some cigar, you know, because in Ybor City, there's some small cigar uh, manufacturers, you know, just on the street corners and stuff. So it's really pretty so it, much. It's like a little festival where all the little local makers and markets come and try to sell their product. Is that what it typically was? Exactly. I've and never then, been to it, so I'm a little curious myself. Yeah, it was it was charming and fun. You know, um, this year the people from Grand Cathedral uh, bought it and they turned it into a paid for event, uh, which brought in. Well, so here's the deal: the regular tickets were ten bucks. Um, which just gets you in. 
just gets you in. And then they do like a VIP thing, which was, I don't know, 60 bucks or something like that. But I don't think they sold many of the $10 tickets because right at the very end, they just opened that up for free. Um, so it was really pretty much just all VIPs. <laughs> the, oh, it, oh, wait a the, the entire thing seemed like VIPs. Um, and But the kind of the cool thing was you got- What did the $60 get you? Just curious. It gets you some free drinks, some free cigars. Uh, I did. I don't know. I didn't uh, turn any of my tickets in, but um, I think it gets you. Yeah, it gets you some cigars and drinks and stuff like that. Is it a one day event? It's a one day event. It's like uh, four hours or so. Um, it's worth going to. It's fun. Uh, this year, of course, like Steve Saka was there, Nick Melillo, Terrence Riley, Rick Rodriguez, uh, the Espinosa boys were there, Jack Tronio and. And Richie, um, Fred Rui was down there. John Carney was down there. So those kind of guys wouldn't have been there in the past. Because um, it was typically like a J.C. Newman Fuente kind of event, wasn't it? Well, they manufacturer-wise, like it was kind of. Right. I, I always kind of connected with them as a company. Like this was kind of like. Well, because they're, they're local there, so yeah, well, their backyard. It was kind of their event. Right. Yeah. Uh, were, were there other manufacturers ever before this year? Uh, they were starting to be a few. Um, I know Robert Caldwell was there last year. Um, so I think people were starting to kind of like check it out. But this year it was more of more of like a regular multi-vendor style style event. Um, and I don't know, like there's pros and cons to both of those things. I thought it was kind of charming being just the little locals, uh, you know, which was in the past. But uh, it was fun. It was a, it was, it was a decent. Uh, and then you kind of like meander down to Ebor and like sit around, and have a cigar, like that part of it. Did I you really stay liked. in Ebor at, at like that hotel? Where did we stay? Hotel Haya? Haya. No, Haya. no. The only bright spot in that fucking dumpster fire of a town. <laughs> God dang, Alex. Hotel Haya was Listen, amazing. Ebor City is the Camden, New Jersey of Florida, man. Uh, wow. It really is. I, it's not as bad as Camden, but it is no, not. It's, like, you got Columbia restaurant there and stuff. All right, in Columbia, that's about it. We what never stay that close. We stay out in Clearwater, okay. um, so we just pop in that day and and pop out. Uh, they did have a pre-event at the uh, J.C. Newman factory, but um, unfortunately, it was just outside it, in the it, tent. It can't house that many people. Yeah, it was just outside in the tent. Um, so that I don't know. That kind of was kind of pointless. Could have been anywhere. Could have been in a parking lot anywhere but um yeah you know if you're if you're interested in a fun kind of uh you know a, a, an excuse to go to uh, florida and get out of the cold weather it's kind of fun i mean anytime I, you're getting anytime you're getting together with a bunch of other cigar smokers it's always going to be pleasurable so i have fun. a question yeah you, you mentioned something i've had this experience and i'm curious so you didn't hand in any of your ticket book no Do you just kind of feel weird being that you're kind of in the industry and that's Cause I've had this experience. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever do the, uh, the whole. Yeah. The yeah. Whole. So I had the same experience at the big smoke cigar aficionados event down here. And I mean, Pete Johnson gave me a cigar to smoke, but I didn't want to go around, you know, doing the ticket book yeah. thing. These yeah, guys yeah. And, uh, oddly, funny enough, I found the guy who actually happened to have a great smoke t-shirt on at the big smoke and gave him the ticket uh, book right away. <laughs> he earned it. Yeah, he earned he earned it. it. Yeah, I I didn't give my uh, my stuff away because they had they had brought me in for free, right? So right, I felt right. that was the same one. Yeah. I felt kind of weird, right. like yeah. giving that to, to somebody. But um, 
yeah, it I was fun. I my great smoke one when I got the it. Yeah, are running around, you know, and I, I, yeah. I, I have the video. Oh, All right. great. I'll take Here you through those. Wait, do we need a do we need a preemptive talk through before we play yes, this? Yes, yes, because I don't remember where this up. came up. So, yeah, so let me right, give you so, the back. Go ahead, Eric. So me and Coop, we uh we're together and we're traveling in uh Nicaragua. I think we were at the Perdomo tour. Yep. And uh and one morning, and me and Coop, me and Coop usually when we travel, we're sort of inseparable. Uh we stayed, we stayed in the same room together, we hung out, we uh, had our own alcohol that we kind of share and stuff and uh, yeah we're, we're travel buddies and um i've traveled with eric more than my own wife yeah. oh wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh <laughs> so one morning uh one morning we walk out of the hotel and there's some chickens there and i'm like hey coop you should like see if you can catch those chickens like rocky and he was like all right and so uh that's all you had to say is mention that's all, I had, to, that's all yeah. I had to say. And then I think this the, the video speaks for itself right after that. Yep. I know. Here we go. All right. Oh. Is he chasing a chicken with a backpack on? That was <laughs> yeah. part of the problem. Because I think I would have caught the chicken had I not. <laughs> he, uh, he, he almost cornered it, the chicken there. If you. Eric, you're supposed to be Mickey here. You're like, Come on, Coop, get the chicken, Coop. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to be Nick here. I you know. Taste chicken. <laughs> what a missed opportunity. All right, oh, so anyways. Eric cuts. So Eric cut the video at the end, right? Right. Here's what happened: the chicken oh. goes towards the back where those trees are, right? And I'm getting close to the chicken. Now there are other animals there. In the back <laughs> there was this nasty goose. And that goose, I basically came face to face with it, and he started make, going right after me. That goose, I hightailed out of there at that point. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Cut so, the video uh, too short. Good but times. But I had the backpack. I think I could have caught the chicken. I really did. I, it was Stop stupid because it was all yeah. spur of the moment that was done. Back, so backpack do slowed you down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The backpack with, with the cigar with six cigars in it that slowed you down. No, I had I had like cameras and shit in there was the problem. Uh, so that was that was why they, they, there was a lot of stuff in there. Because normally I don't take cigars on the factory because you're gonna smoke there anyway. There's no sense uh, in true. doing that. It was a valiant effort. Yeah, it's yeah, it was fun. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't I feel like a Kentucky Fried idiot. Like, like Coop is a little nimbler than I would have. He's pretty nimble. Well, this was a while back, wasn't it? No, it was. Uh, Right before the pandemic, we were like yeah, was, that last trip. It was literally right before. Actually, the pandemic had kind of already started, and we were hearing uh, about it down there. Yeah, Seriously. yeah, we were already hearing about it in Miami and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and then I, the next week, I went to uh, back to Nicaragua with the Drew Estate, and um, so like we're drink, we're everybody's drinking out of like a cowboy boot together. You know, I mean, it was and nobody was even thinking about the pandemic but it was right about the hit at that point yeah drinking like cowboy boots huh drinking out it of was a interesting eric I, I had a choice of trips to go to with drew estate yeah. um and i picked the march one and that was one it, that got canceled mm -hmm. so um had i picked that february when i would have went on that trip yeah well he may not be able to catch chickens but he sure as hell can keep us up with what's going on in the cigar world uh let's check out and see what's going on this week scoop with coop
The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Koopa. I didn't hear my music. Oh, yeah. I played the whole thing. It was on. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. We didn't hear it. Okay. Gotta have my theme music. Well, that, that, he can't come on. He can't come on now. He needs his music. <laughs> He's thrown off. It gets, it gets him in guys, it's like a Rocky theme song. It gets him fired up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a great I go, That's the Hanging with Mr. Cooper song. And there's several variants of that, but that's my favorite one. I'm Was that the original one, Coop? That's the original first season one. Yeah, they kind of killed it after the first season. I watched it when I was a kid. That was on. Oh, what a great show. We loved yeah, it yeah. Friday night. I watched, my I daughter get- was young and we watched it. Yeah. I've gotten tired of a lot of intros over the years, but that's one intro I don't think I'm ever going to replace. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. I love that intro. Yep. Yep. So, Coop, what is the scoop? Have you had, I mean, you've been traveling. I don't even know if you're up to date on what's going on in the cigar world. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of good stories that hit. Um, I'll hit some of the touch on some of the bigger ones. So the first one, and this happened a few weeks ago, but I think it's a major story. Um, you know, we heard earlier this year about Crown Heads and Ace Prime having their split in distribution. But there was mm-hmm. another distribution split. And I think this is actually a much bigger one and has, you know, it's a long-time uh, partnership that's kind of gone separate right now. And that is that uh, La Aurora is um, now going to be taking on their own distribution in the U.S. So they have split from Miami Cigar after like 30 years. So that's a Wait long a time. Isn't this old news? We haven't done that. We haven't covered this. I, I've heard this like a year ago. Wasn't that – well – it what they had not split yet they right. okay. announced it but it, then it never like it took forever okay. it, it wasn't really ever announced because la aurora was still they were still taking la aurora orders at the trade show what it was, ordered, was it was it was announced to retailers because basically our guy told us hey we're right. taking la aurora orders up until this point and they're going somewhere that else point just kept going and going and that and going. point yeah you're right that it never really happened i think they were still taking a well, year what happened that is they decided to go to a direct-to-consumer model. Uh, this was about about that time a year ago, and yes. but they were still doing. They were still taking orders, even at the trade show. It, we knew it was going to happen. It finally happened. But the the, the news of it is, Laurier set up their own distribution company in the uh, in the U.S. So um, that's that's kind of. Um, you know, that's kind of what happened there. So, you know, they, they haven't had that. They've never had their own distribution company in the U.S. So that's that's so they're the going to be doing time. their own distribution. Yeah, they. Yep. And they brought in a few folks who used to be with General. Uh, one of the folks, is a guy by the name of Ed McKenna. He was he was a more senior guy at General. He, he ran a lot of the brands. He's going to be basically the U.S. CEO of that company, um, which uh, they're going to start. Apparently, I think at the beginning of the year, they're going to start doing their own distribution. So it's going to be it's it's still interesting. It didn't sound like it was a, a bad split up either from everything I, I've spoken to the folks, or at least everyone's saying all the right things here. Well, it's a mature um, split up. Let's put it that way. It's a mature split up. It's the way, you know, and, and maybe it was time at that point to do it. You know, um, I don't know if this was also because I don't think the direct to consumer model really took off. I don't think they executed on that very well. I was just about to ask you, did they ever even attempt it? Yeah, the website's still out there. Oh wow! It, it just you know that's a tough and they and look they it looks like they invested a lot in that website. It wasn't a cheap website. It was done very well, 
but I just think it was very confusing. And I think they got, I think a lot of, you know, retailers in the U.S., when they saw that, they just said, well, we're not going to carry Law Aurora anymore. But they never really promoted it. And they needed something to promote that more. So now they're going to have to go back to a brick and mortar model. Um, you know, Miami Cigar, I think they're focusing on other things right now. I think Tatiana is still a big part of what they do. So probably the major part, isn't it? I mean, what else do they yeah. really have? Nesta Miranda is probably the other line that they the have. Old, I think the, the, the Perforitos sell better. Oh, that's a La Aurora. That's not even theirs. Wow. That's yeah. La Aurora. That's La Aurora. Yeah. I mean, and they, yeah. So that's, um, you know, that's you know La Aurora. What's funny is there were two limited editions La Aurora's that were shown at the trade show, not this year, the year before. And I think they yep. didn't even make one of them. Or I think one of them were made, but one wasn't at all. Well, yeah, one was like a Fernando Leone one they did. Something, um, yeah. One it was a really good cigar, yeah. It was actually a very good cigar. Laura work makes a really good cigar. Yeah, we never, yeah, you're right. Because the, 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 the copies, the, the copies, the copies still sitting in there too here. forever. Yeah, they never even shipped it. Yeah, yep. Laura, in my opinion, is, it makes really, some really, really, really good cigars. Some epic but, cigars, I mean. I, I yeah. think they suffer with what Placencia suffered from you know, 20 years ago for the longest time of just not knowing how to connect their brand to the consumer base. You know, it wasn't until this last, it wasn't until this last attempt, you know, people think Placencia just started making cigars, man. They tried cracking it back in 1998, maybe in the late nineties during the boom, post boom. Placencia failed epically in trying to make their own brand for many, many years. It wasn't until this last round that they found success. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know they're making they're making cigars for everybody who's doing was doing well in the industry. Right. Yep. And and Aganorsa was in a similar boat for a long time. They were making cigars for all these other brands, and and there wasn't a lot of focus on their brands until Terrence got there. They got the great white gringo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like La Rural was hot and then just kind of faded away. I mean, I remember a hundred años originally, the one oh sevens originally, and I mean now you don't even hear a peep. No, yeah. Oh, you know? Really interesting. I had a conversation with Charlie Minato on our show about this topic. If you go back to when Charlie and I first got into this, and Eric, this was a little before you started. The company that was all over social media and with online media was La Aurora. Like you, They were really embracing online media. They were flying folks down to the factory down there. They were doing so these. They were doing like a lot of these social media cigars. Um, they were all over it. You go to this year's trade show, I think only one or two people covered La Aurora at the trade show this year. Um, I think, you know, and we were talking about, uh, Charlie and I were kind of talking about what, what what changed there. And I think there were a couple of things. One is Guillermo Leon has other business interests. And at the time when this was very hot, Jose Blanco was the guy driving a lot of this social media stuff, you know. So he was all over Twitter at the time, which was the big social media uh, channel for cigars. So you have to understand that in, in the Grupo Leon, Leon family's holdings, man, the cigar industry is nothing. It's a rounding error. Rounding error. It's I mean, a rounding can't... error, literally. It's the best way to explain it. Yeah. But, but he's proud of the heritage of that fact of being the oldest factory. He's got a very good master blender and a true master blender, Manuel Anoa. So, I mean, they have the capabilities, certainly. But yeah, it's, it's you know, his Presidente. Presidente is his big thing there. So listen, they had to master distribution Morris for decades. I mean, these guys, banks, beers, I mean yeah. everything, real estate, 
They, sure. I mean, literally, the cigar. He's one of the richest guys down in the DR. Yeah, it's literally a rounding error for this family. Yeah. And in fact, Guillermo you know, was very visible. This going back ten years ago, he had access to him. He was, you know, much more visible. Now he's, you know, more in the background. And like I said, you know, I think he keeps it going because it's part of his family's heritage for sure. We had him on KMA Radio once. Yeah, one time. I've only interviewed him once, uh, and it was a written piece I did. It wasn't a. Yeah, uh, it was a, it was a hard interview. He he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Yeah, he never did. Yeah, hard interview. It's yeah. a shame. They really, they still make really. He's good a fascinating stuff. guy to talk to, by the way. He's yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing to talk to the guy. Yeah. What else you got going on, Coop? Um. So there was another. There was a high-profile release that came out. Uh, just started shipping the retailers. Uh, from EP Carrillo. Uh, it's called the Allegiance, and uh, the Allegiance uh is a very interesting project because, um, it's a project that Ernesto Perez blended at the Oliva factory in Nicaragua, but he's selling it under his own line. So E.P. Carrillo and Oliva, they've been kind of working together. Uh, E.P. Carrillo did one of the Cuba Aliados uh, brands for um, Oliva in the Dominican Republic. And now on the other side, uh, Allegiance is kind of happening in Nicaragua where E.P. Carrillo is selling that. And it's, it's kind of the fourth installment of that family series where it's uh, some of their high-end cigars like La Historia, Encore, and Pledge are in there. So this is the the fourth installment of it. And uh, that just started hitting stores recently. They had this cigar at the trade show, but they didn't have the packaging even done for it. So they were, they were handing it out like with paper bands on it. And I think they tweaked the blend a little since then. So this is kind of, it's an interesting move that Ernesto did this, blending it at someone else's factory. Uh, did, yeah. And that's the that's the trade show one. Um, that's from your that's from Coop, yeah. The, that's from Coop, yeah. That's bands. how they showed this literally. It was um, but and they were handing out actually samples of it. It actually was a the sample was very good of it, of that. So um, that's gonna that's already starting to hit the stores as we speak, with that. So um, well, our tobacconist, tobacconist extraordinaire Casey Aldumani, Aldulami, says it's selling very well according. Yeah. It's a good stick. Right. Let, me, let me ask you a question, Coop. I might get some flack. What's the yeah. money line on this being Cigar Aficionado's number one next year? Ooh. As um, it seemed like that entire line has made the number one or two, two spot. Yeah. A lot of people looking at Cuba Aliados um, for this year. Possibly. It got a very high score from uh, Cigar Aficionado in the torpedo size of 94. A lot of people think that could be the favorite this year because it kind of checks a couple of boxes, Oliva and E.P. Carrillo, which are very – those are cigars that are always on the list. So I don't I think if that QBLS doesn't hit, then Allegiance will be the favorite next year. You know, talking about EPCA, there was something said earlier in the show, and I never commented on it. I forgot, got sidetracked, but I just want to bring it up now since it is about EPC. Did I read this right – that their Zodiac box of 12 cigars is $100 each cigar? It's expensive. It's up there. I want yeah, somebody, put, somebody put it's $100 a stick. I think it's like in the 80s or something like that. It's it's an exp- I don't want to comment for sure. because I, well, uh, well, 80s in a high-tax state makes it basically 100 pretty much. Yeah, I, I'd have to – because that, that they gave that story to Aficionado, so they haven't really shared it with us yet, but I saw it on Aficionado this and week. There, Aficionado there says it it's $1,000 yeah, per box. 83 per cigar, $12. Okay, cigars. yeah. $1,000 a box. Holy and that's gonna be, But, again, that's going to be an overseas one they're doing too, it sounds like. I don't think it's one that's coming to the U.S. yet. Asia, where, are they, where are they sending it to? Saudi Arabia? 
a- Asian Asian market. Yeah, box teeth. Yeah. You know, everyone now, like I said, with when when Cohesa, I'm sorry, but for me, that's just a money grab. There, but there's it's a different market, is kind of where I go. It's still a money grab. It's a money grab because there's a market for that. But there yeah, is, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. I think well, I think like I said, I I would be surprised why wouldn't they release it to the US at some point? Because that's one it's the most lucrative market. So, but you can see they have the different. That's all the Chinese you think, zodiac. You think U.S. consumers are, are going to get these at eighty three dollars a stick. So, well, no. Now, don't get me wrong. There's an ass for every seat. Someone's while we're, while we're it's talking about least, though. while we're talking about money grabs, it's something that actually came up to me last night. So, the Davidoff Oro Blanco, which was a hundred uh, five hundred dollars cigar, yep. right? Has went up a hundred dollars. It's now a six hundred dollars cigar. <laughs> what a, you so, know, there's just certain things you need to say in your portfolio. We don't need to raise the price on that. Yes, because it's now listen, $600. I don't give a shit what they say. That cigar is not costing. You know, I need to put this in reality perspective for everybody, right? So when you hear these manufacturers talk, oh, there was a 25% price increase on this tobacco, this tobacco. Oh, you know, you're talking about, okay, their cost went up 20 cents a cigar, 10 cents a stick, 20 cents a stick, you know, at the most. There's nothing that warrants a $100 price increase in the universe, other than maybe a lawsuit. If they got sued for something and they need to make it up. There's nothing. It's $100 per cigar, not. I know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Shame, really shameful. There's nothing that warranted. Listen to me, let's be real. I mean, as far as my opinion, there's nothing that warranted being a $500 cigar to start with. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. We saw a lot of Davidoff, love Davidoff. Nothing warrants it being a $500. There, there's cigar. not. I mean, I've, look, I've smoked Steve Saka's Unicorn, which is $100. I think it's one of the best cigars he's done. Not worth $100. I mean, I'll be. Steve will tell you that. Steve will right. tell you that. Steve will be the first to Steve tell you. himself will tell you that. Yeah, don't buy it. Cigar, I'll say that too. It's not my yeah, knock. He literally it's says, don't buy cigar. it. He says it all but, the time. But nothing worse a $500 cigar and then to have the cojones and the balls to put a $100 price increase. Shame. Hey, I think Cohiba and Havana wrote this. Yes, I Steve, is gifted, Steve is a gift to me one. I thought you, I thought, I thought you, that I wouldn't smoke it paying wholesale for it. I, th- I thought you gave it away. I, for some reason, I thought you gave it to somebody. I, I gave it a couple, like they won away and had one, whatever. But yeah, no, man. It's, you know. I mean, look at the NFT cigars from Low Floor right now. They're going, they were going for $200 from some of these retailers. I got a thing in the, I got an email saying they're 50% off at 100. And yeah. I, I don't know what the market's going to dictate on that going forward. You know, I have, I have no idea. Listen, we, we looked at that model, we studied it really hard for our anarchy NFT. First off, can't talk about it yet, still finalizing, but there's gonna be some really, really epic, epic news coming up regarding the anarchy NFT. Uh, I was just talking to Pete the other day and we have two other companies that are getting involved in this project. Um, so it's it's really gonna be probably one of the most unique offerings the cigar industry has ever seen. Um, but, um, you know, the models at where, hey, listen, man, I mean, if you get this as a retailer, which, you know, in our, planning we we see this as a retailer grab a great way to bring in new clients where you know this should be a a 30 to 50 dollar cigar in a secondary market you know at, at the very best you know I, I don't think nothing warrants we've seen our own anarchies that we've had in our rare and vintage room 
get bought from us and on the secondary market for 35 to $40 and selling easy. So we know it exists, but this, this random number you throw out there, 200, 100, is just insane. Right. It, it, it totally is. But I was saying, I think Cohiba, when they raised the prices from Habanos, I think a lot of companies said, well, we're luxury because Cohiba's justification is they want to be a luxury brand, right? So that's the same way luxury brand, we can charge that. Now, and, and they use the Hong Kong market to kind of do that. Now I think you're seeing Davidoff and these other companies saying, well, we're luxury brands too. Why can't we compete in this space? So I think that's driving a lot of this. Well, I think a lot of them now are looking at the international market because there's been such a dry up of Cuban cigars. They've all become more invaluable there, thinking that we have to be competitive in that market where they're selling, totally forsaking the market they made their living in <laughs> for the longest time. So I think that's a problem. Paul Summer, 2024. Hang tight there, buddy. Um, oh, that is definitely I'm hearing it's going to be earlier. Okay. It's going to be earlier than that. You would just I like to make a bet? Year. I think you're going to see it next year. You want to make a bet? Is that a teaser? Yeah. Let's make a bet. Sounds like a teaser. I'm in. Ooh. I'm in. Ben. Hold on, hold on, I got to think about this now. <laughs> Why you got to think about it? You just offered, you just wanted to do a bet. Yeah, I'll do a $5 sign dollar bill. It won't come out. We'll do it. We're in. We're in. So, Dude, all right. You don't so think that, that Abe has more of an in than you to know that that's true? Listen, I have no I, I in. Okay. No, I have, I have no, there's no in with them. There's no that's in. That's why I had to think. I have no knowledge. All I know is for 2020. I'll go. We'll, I we'll put a deadline the, December 31st next year. I understand the pace in which decisions and actions are made with both these companies alone, more or less working yeah. together. Right. All right, so the bet is if the cigar is not released by December 31st. It has to be on store shelves. It has to be on store shelves. I think that's fair. Yes, okay. it has to be on store shelves, not like private one-off. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be on It's got to be on store shelves by the end of the year next year. Yeah. Don't let me down, Carlito. Listen, I'll be happy to pay, I'll be happy to pay five bucks just to see it happen. I'll do too. I'll be, I'll be happy. We'll have, we'll have a signing ceremony on KMA. We'll see. <laughs> That's going to be some cigar. If I don't think I'm going to get my hands on it because I think every retailer gets it, it's not even going to make it to the shelves. It's either going to be taken by them or they're going to sell it to one of their key customers. Yeah, they'll they'll go to high roller customers. Yeah. Have we, they mentioned a, count, a box count? How many they're? Smokey will find a creative way to give everybody a fair chance. I know you will. What, yeah. That's yeah. what we we'll do. Have to take the website down again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else you got going on, Coop? Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of stories. Another one I'll come up with is um I'll come up. Matilde. All right. Matilde has a new regular production cigar coming out for the first time in six and a half years. Their regular um, core their core line wasn't in regular production. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real here. <laughs> they uh I'm going by, you know, like you know, they've Listen, done some I love the family, I love Enrique, I love his father. I love the cigar. I think it's a great cigar. We literally took it off the shelves because we could never get them. Yeah, they had uh, production distribution issues. We never could get them. Can't can't keep empty boxes on the shelf forever, man. Sorry. So no, it, they, and they make some great cigars, by the way. Um, I think they have, a, you know, as far as their core production goes, they have some of the best core production out there. Uh, but there's a new Matilde Serena cigar. It's a Maduro version that's coming out. So, um, and Serena is their Connecticut Shade cigar. So now they're adding a Maduro counterpart to that one. And it's that's something that we should start seeing in early uh, 2023. Uh, 
as far as that goes. And there it is. You know, you know, you know what? Listen, really nice family like these guys, but you know what they need very badly? They need, a, I mean, forget about clearing up their operations, how to go, but they need a Terrence Riley. They need someone on this side of the border, this side of the thing that, that was really working the brand and working the company. I, they, they, I agree. They, they keep believing that they're going to be able to remotely build this brand from the DR, and it's just not going to happen. En Enrique can't do it either. He's got too much on no. his plate. No. Yeah, he's a great guy, no. Enrique. No, I mean, great people, great family, but, you know, look, man, you have to – listen, we do it ourselves, Alex, and I'll tell you. You sit back and listen, man, we're missing a key person, or we need a key person. You go on the hunt. You have to be intelligent enough and insightful enough to see that in an organization where, look, <laughs> there's some components we need to really make this car keep going. They need somebody on this side of the border representing and handling their company and their brand. Yep. You know what they do have, though? Enrique's got the best voice in the business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Ricardo Montalban, you know? <laughs> right? He does. He is. And he's, it's, that family is such a great family. I mean, I've gotten a chance to interview his father twice. Yeah. His father's getting older. I don't think he could do that anymore. But um, yeah. um, me, I mean, that's still the interview I've done that, what is the two interviews I did with his father are just the ones that me they're right up there is just opportunity and, and hearing the stories were amazing. He was just that. on a few episodes, what, like four seventy. So he was he was just on not too long ago. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, he announced this Great right guy. after after this. Yeah, it yeah, we didn't, we didn't get the scoop here. No, no, no. Someone else got the scoop. Well, <laughs> 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 either. So, yeah, I wonder who. Yeah. Anything going on else going on? With scoop with scoop. Um, Two more things. Um, Rocky Patel has uh, released two cigars that they showed at the trade show. The Edge 20th Anniversary's come out and a new line called the DBS, which is a double broadleaf that they're releasing. So those have just started hitting the shelves as well. I've smoked. Uh, the, I haven't smoked the DBS. I smoked the Edge 20th. I think it's a really good cigar. The Dave and Bullock special. Yeah. So is this yeah, going to be a new trend? Is this double broadleaf yeah, thing like going to yeah. be a new trend? It sounded like Alex Bradley did it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is a new trend. Hmm. It, it, it's been – I've seen it done in a couple of other places before. So I've um, never seen it marketed until recently. Well, you remember Pete Johnson did La Casita Criolla, which was an all-broadleaf cigar he'd done. So it's been done, you know, but now they're marketing it as – and it's wrapper and binders from, you know, that are broadleaf with different variants of it. I think they're both using Honduran broadleaf in, in the Alec Bradley and Rocky Patel in that. So those, yep. And one other story is coming from Cavalier Cigars. Uh, Cavalier Geneva, they announced that they're opening a distribution center. Um, they had been doing their distribution through Illusioni, but now they are going to be distributing out of Honduras and they're going to be using the UPS direct model to fulfill orders to retailers. So that's been happening already in the DR. Some companies have been going with that, like Asada. But now Cavalier is going to be doing the same thing in the U.S. right now. So um, they they just announced that. Illusion was doing your distribution for a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they were doing, but they were doing fulfillment. Like they weren't doing sales. Like they, Cavalier is still doing their own. No, no, sales. they were just doing fulfillment. Yeah. And and look, uh, they were. They, I think you know this was just a natural progression. They they have a pretty good relationship with um, Illusion, but Illusion is doing a lot of that fulfillment for a lot of companies right now. And it's not a lot of it's not being publicized, but there's some companies that are doing it, like Mirafell cigars being fulfilled through that Reno warehouse that that Dion set up. 
Um, so that's that's kind of, you know, Cavalier opened the factory. Now they have the distribution center. So their goal is to be more vertically integrated. I think you'll see more moves they're going to make. Too. Have, have, have Fell cigars hit the market? They just hit the market. Have gotten them yet? Have you had okay. your hand on I know Jay Davis had it. Uh, that another $80 that's another $85 cigar. Um, but there's going to be some less expensive yeah. mirror fells. Those, those, those hat and scarves aren't cheap. No, <laughs> but they're, but they're going to have a more affordable one. Like I think under 50, but it's not going to have the elaborate like ashtray that comes in it. So it's, it's, it's going to, I have not smoked it yet, but anyone who smoked it said it's incredible. Is they're pretty. Thinking. They're definitely pretty. I haven't smoked it yet. But that's the that red in the background is like a ceramic ashtray they have. Yeah, you can see the little the little thing there for your yeah, cigar. Yeah, so that's it kind of cool. slides out of the box. But they're gonna have ones that don't have that ashtray. Um, that that's a double reboot. Is it size. gonna be the same cigar, just not with the ashtray? Different sizes. So the double robusto is gonna same have blend. Like, same blend, yeah. Yeah, because you can't put robustos in it. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm gonna like I'm gonna wait for the, the other ones to come out because it's a you know 80, 85 is just a tough one to crack. But I'll smoke it. All right. Anything else you got going on? That's it. That's your news for this week. Well, for more information, always up-to-date news, please visit our dear friend's site, cigar-coop.com. Always rumor and teaser-free. Now, we only have a few minutes left, and I want to discuss something. And if Paul and Alex can find a way to incorporate this, I had the funnest time on the dojo interview last night. It was, I mean, I hadn't laughed that hard in a freaking lost time. If you hadn't seen it, watch it. It really had, it was a fun, fun show. But what happened was Jack had this, uh, what do you call those things, Eric? So, sound, yeah. sound mixer? It was, a, it was a mixer. It was a Roadcaster Pro. Yeah. Roadcaster Pro mixer. And on the mixer, um, I took a picture of it. On their mixer were these, these buttons like that. All right. Each one had a sound effect, sound effect that were, was pre-programmed. Jack had no idea what was on them. Oh, so that's I, even better. Hold on. I said, we're going to have fun. I'm going to randomly hit one of these buttons. I'm going to use all eight during the show when I think there's a good time for a sound effect. And let's just see how this fits in. Eric, tell them what my record was. Your record was seven and one. Seven and one, baby. It was wow. amazing. And let me just tell you something. The one that I was kind of off on could have worked, but it was one of those ones that you may have not found any way to use it. But yeah. I would literally hit a sound effect that like matched the moment, whatever we were talking about. <laughs> I had no idea what the sounds are. I think we should do this during our shows. Give a, That's a great have, idea. Like, yeah, having access to a sound effect board, we change the programming buttons, and then one of us just randomly hits one during the show phenomenal. we were dying laughing i have some sound effects i just did one <laughs> you did yeah, we gotta got 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 find a way where we don't know what they are and then one of that's, you know, that's a typical board yeah that that board is similar to what we had at the radio station when colin was running it his was just a touchscreen version of it but right. but he we knew we were laughing our ass off eric would say something <laughs> great yeah. and then i Hit a button and it was cheering. It was it was hilarious. I was laughing. You were on fire, Abe. And the, so the rule was Abe couldn't hit the same button twice. Okay. And so you know throughout the show he had eight buttons, and there was going to be eight moments of where there could be a sound effect. Boom! It's really the, funny. I kept forgetting which buttons I was using, but Jack was keeping track of it. What do I got left? What do I got left? 
He's like, these, these two is Tetris shape right here. That's what you got left. But it was fun, man. I, I, I think we should try to incorporate that in the show. It was hilarious. Listen, I got to tell you, I was on Smoke Night Live, what, twice in the yeah. last couple? It's always a fun time. Those guys yeah. really is. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't want, we were at a wedding last night, but I usually watch it. <laughs> I, I probably would have had more fun watching the show, seriously. <laughs> a wedding surprise. <laughs> yes, shocker. No, we, we've got a mixer with those those uh, buttons on it, and we, we don't use it very often, but uh, uh, honestly, I, I forget most of the time what sound effects are programmed on which button. I just know that's the one the from Daniel's Marcos. That's the only because that's pretty much the only one we ever use. That's the fun part, man. And then you just you have to use all the buttons in the course of a show. <laughs> that's I love it. I can't wait to go back and watch that. Yep. Yeah, yeah we were we were smoking last night at the shop, probably. So it was good. All right. So before we get everybody off, um, Eric. Yes. What's next? Where are you going? What's on on the agenda for uh, the the uh, G- so uh, I think I'm gonna take a bit of a break. Uh, you got Christmas and New Year's in there. I think the fa- our family's going to uh, to uh, like a, a cabin for New Year's. Uh, that'll be fun. Get the whole family together and uh, and do that kind of thing. Um, we're already prepping for for Christmas. We do uh, we normally do Italian. So we're doing Italian on Christmas Eve. Do you do Italian on Christmas Eve? Seven fishes. No, we're doing like gnocchi, uh, that kind of stuff. So I don't. I used to growing up. My Christmas Eve has transitioned in Florida to Jewish Christmas Eve. I go with a bunch of friends to a Chinese restaurant. But being an Italian. So traditional like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Being an Italian, Christmas incorporates. There's normal Christmas food and always, you know, ravioli or something included in that. that. But yeah, I don't do the seven fishes anymore. We do Chinese food on Christmas Eve. Is, Eric, any you have you have any episodes left for this year? Are you done broadcasting yeah, for this year? No, yeah, we got. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing next. Uh, a week from yesterday, I haven't planned that show yet. But uh, on the 23rd, we're going to have our Christmas episode, um, and Jack Hire will be in Denver. He'll be in studio. So we usually do like ugly sweater kind of thing and get together and just sort of like recap. And then we're right in the middle, as I'm sure Coop is um, and and Matt. We're right in the middle of uh, finalizing the big, uh, you know, cigar of the year list. Um, we we're pretty close on. Uh, now, how do you announce it? Do you just put out a list on a certain day, or do you just slow upload it? So we do it over five days, um, and then we finish it on uh, Friday night on Smoke Night Live. And that's when we announced the top three uh, kind of a thing. Um, so, yeah. Will that, be, uh, will that be in 2022 or 23? So that'll be in 2023. Uh, like It'll be like uh, second week of January, something like that. All right, perfect. How about, how about you, Matt? What do you guys got going on for the end of the year? Well, uh, Monday, uh, this coming Monday night, we have Coop uh, on the show here live in Minnesota on nice. episode 184. Uh, the following Monday, we every year we do a uh, and Garrett's jumping in to say hi because Garrett just hey, look hey, who's Garrett. here. <laughs> so, uh, the following week, every year we do a, a sort of a year in review. It's not the cigar of the year, it's just we have this box behind me on the wall that uh, I just pop cigar bands into and we go through the stuff we've smoked during the year and talk a little bit about you know big cigar related events throughout 2022. 
then Christmas week, we're taking off. And then uh, Cigar of the Year for us uh, will be January 2nd. All right, very cool. Cooper? Uh, this was my last trip of the year. So I'm going to be gearing up for event season in January and February. I'm, I'm probably going both to the Nicaragua and the Dominican this year. So those those will be happening. Um, but, so I'm going to take a little downtime. I'm, I'm, we're going to be in, in Charlotte for Christmas and New Year's this year. So uh, it will be very – it will just be my wife and, and, and my kids will be doing that. Um, we're getting ready – a lot of my year-end stuff started already. Um, um, the big thing, on, on obviously, January 9th will be the number one cigar revealed on the countdown. And on top of that, on um, December 31st, I'll have my top 12 stories of the year um, in the industry. So I've been work, working a lot on on that piece as well. So um, that will be a lot of my focus. Uh, we have two more shows we're doing. Actually, maybe three. But uh, we're going to take Christmas week off as well this year. Well, lots of tasty tidbits for can all. I, I got all three of you guys on. Out, Can I point something out real quick? Just real quick. Did you see the coat Garrett had on? I don't miss that one bit. <laughs> no. Not <laughs> I, I saw no. He, he's bundled up. Yeah, and not one bit do I miss that. puffy coat you're wearing. Uh, and they're happy well, they I have all like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have all three of you on. Um, I, I'd like to offer and extend if uh, any of you would like to have me on your show January, February to go over a lot of the great smoke news will be coming out and the releases will be coming out. Um, we'll give away a free great smoke ticket. Uh, just reach out to me. Let me know. I'll come yep. on. We'll talk about the great smoke. Uh, if we don't talk to you guys, have a very happy and healthy holiday season. Happy, healthy new year to everybody. And uh, Eric, I'll see you to later tonight, I guess. And yeah. um, we're back next week. We had a little hiatus. It was good to get back on the show. We'll be back next week with another episode of KMA talk radio live until then, everybody. Keep it lit.